Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome back to another segment of the Black Letter Podcast. I'm back with Christine Nicholas from People Science, a, a large platform recruiter that does has three divisions. She started talking about what her company did last time, and we got diverted and distracted a little bit into the science of hiring because it's really interesting. Matching culture with the people that you're trying to hire, which is a huge piece of recruiting from what I understand. Christine, thanks for coming back to the Black Letter Podcast. If Could you give us a quick overview of actually what your company does? We started with the three divisions and we got off track and that's maybe partly my fault here. And then let's hit on a, a major business challenge, either for you or what you see with your clients and how you overcame it or how they can overcome it. So tell me, people science, your elevator pitch, what do you guys do? So we are a talent acquisition company, which encompasses a lot of pieces of recruiting. The first offering we have is how do you build a talent acquisition team? Or what are your strategies around how you're applying talent? So our team of consultants takes a look at where organizations are. We've coined the recruiting continuum, which has been picked up through many different um, parts of recruiting across the world, actually. That quickly, that business, when we started doing consulting, quickly morphed into what is now known as recruitment process outsourcing, RPO. So RPO is where an organization feels as though they don't have the strength internally and need, well, I should say our clients do. There's lots of reasons for RPO, but where a company will take their outsource, take their recruiting or a piece of their recruiting or maybe a recruiting project and outsource it to an entire organization. There's very few pure play RPOs out there. Most of them are staffing organizations that jumped into this space. Um, so there's okay. two different kinds. And then we have our third offering is HireGate, our technology. So HireGate is technology that completes the talent acquisition cycle. As we'll talk about in a few minutes, you know, this huge gap in talent that we have now, now being coined, right? It's the great resignation. That is because of lack of business process within talent acquisition. Because gotcha. it's, an, you know, it's quite often an emotional uh, situation when someone comes to your company and leaves your company. And I think that might be the main catalyst, but there's been a lot of reasons why when we look at business segments that have grown within our business economy, talent acquisition falls behind. It's like recruiting, okay, we'll get to it or I'll get a headhunter or I'll get a staffing company if I need to. And we're a great company people want to work for. And then when we lose okay. them, well, it's not our fault we lost. So overall, in every piece that we do, including HireGate, is we take we take a look at the business process engineering that goes behind how you acquire talent. When you know that, you set up that infrastructure, you're better able to execute. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. If it makes sense to you, it makes sense to me. I'm not on the hiring side of our, our practice as much, except to hear about the problems. And speaking of problems, so... You know, we talked briefly about the Great Resignation and the article you recently written about that. I laid out what I thought the Great Resignation was. What I've read is that just masses of people are resigning. 
What's the answer to that? I mean, I guess retention's part of it, but how do you recruit out of that? Or how do you flip that on its head? Well, retention is the third part, but the first thing that you need to do is basic, right? Now, what we're seeing right now in some of the larger corporations in particular is, well, if we walk into a recession, there's going to be more people available. I'm going to be able to hire. So there's those of us that have started talking about this. Remember the war for talent in 2000, 2001, when the bubble popped in IT? It's not getting any better. And now it has expanded, right? So now because of the pandemic in particular, and when if, if you get a chance to see the article, and I'll quote Dr. Hires, you know, when once you've come through a trauma, you reevaluate your life. And if you're able to make less money or look at an alternative way to make income, which there's so many of those avenues out there, you're not going right. to return to a regular workforce. Now, you know, when you look globally, the U.S. in particular, right, we work longer and harder than most of the other developed nations, right? Our nine to five has now been totally exposed and unmixed. All of this said, I can tell you this, there's a job for every person and a person for every job. Even if there's a shortage in your talent, there's ways that you can work in the talent base that you're looking for. There's ways that you can work around that, but it starts by putting good business acumen around your talent acquisition. And it doesn't matter if you're that, you know, that gas station owner that we were talking about the other day, or if we're talking about, you know, Fortune 10, the Fortune 10, and having worked with all of them, I can tell you, Everybody has their own issue. But once you apply these really good practices, and you know, the name of the article is Turn and Face the Strange. The reason that we call that is it's a strange work. It is strange. What's out there? It keeps changing, it's morphing. The workforce isn't necessarily certain about what they want to do either. You know, their core may be, I know I don't want to do that, but what am I going to do in the entry? But one of the biggest concerns I have that I was alluding to earlier is these organizations that are saying, well, we're going to hit a recession. These people are going to flood back to the workforce. I'm not saying. I mean, it would have to be catastrophic. So we have to learn and face this this new world of work. And with that, we have to come back and really take a, a, a long, hard look at who we are as, as an employer. And that's the beginning. One of the challenges we have and other people have is even just getting resumes in the door and you know, putting up a, a job out on LinkedIn or law crossing for lawyers or I don't know, all the different recruiting websites doesn't seem to be effective. What are effective ways to just get to get your company so people can see that you're hiring? Or Let me make this really clear. People aren't looking for jobs. So if they aren't looking, not some people, but right. I mean, that's the amount of people are not looking for jobs. So what worked pre-pandemic is not going to work now, gotcha. which is really, you know, if you look at the, the recruiting technologies out there, they're all going to work, right? So there was this movement towards CRMs, Candidate Relationship Management. But in order to hire now, you have to know who you are, and then you have to look for those individuals and bring them into the nest. You can you can absolutely do that through technology to a degree, right? But what you've got to do is get smart at the technology you're looking. Rework, relook, and rethink about who you are, and then think about who fits you and advertise very pinpointed towards that market. So would you recommend headhunting, man? I mean, reaching out to people within jobs right now. I mean, we just are at a loss as to how to even get a resume in the door. Um, Well, yeah, I think that you you really can't recruit these days without a sourcing engine. Okay. So, and there's lots of ways that you can do that. Okay. So you can, our firm does outsource sourcing. You can beef up your own internal HR so that you have that ability. But it's a long-term game, right? So you've got to 
you've got to have a sourcing team now or a good sourcing plan to reach out. If you're going to use technology, like I said, become your own sourcer if you're a small organization and put it out there. But realize this is a full-time job. This is not something that you do, you know, I'm going to do this one or two hours a week and I'm going to get there. You need to really put a stealth, well-oiled machine in place. Know who you are, look at your market, and then say, where are they going to be? Where Where's that market work now? Right. Take a look at what's happening in retail and in waitressing. Right. Right. Those people can now work from home. So if you have a customer service call center, maybe you should be looking at waitress and wait. Right. right. Fair. Yeah. And maybe you need to amp up your training. There's a lot more to it than that. But the first step is acknowledging it's not going to change. You have to change. The employer has to start to say who it. It's going to be hard for retail then, I suspect. I mean, not that we're in that space, but you can't really work remotely if you're a waitress or a waiter. Um, so <laughs> because the food doesn't get served. Interesting. So Christine. I, I want to last thing in this segment, is there a challenge in particular that you've run across with your business or a challenge for businesses in general that you were able to address that you think our listeners would, would derive value from hearing about? Whether that was... My, you know, my biggest frustration is I watch the conference board every year. Conference board and the Edelman Trust Barometer are kind of like the two guideposts as far as I'm concerned where, where organizations are going. Of course, that trip is down. So... The top, and the top five is always talent. But when the rubber meets the road, the time, the energy, and the money doesn't go to talent. It doesn't go to recruiting. We're working with an organization right now that always has limits on their, always have big limits. And they're, you know, about, they're spending about two thirds more this year than they did last year on recruiting, right? So now we're coming into to next year and probably three years from now might be able to even give them some savings. But I think not being smart enough and investing in this the same way that you would, if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a tech company, why are you not concentrating as much energy on the talent that you need? If you're the gas station owner, well, the people pumping the gas that are going to, your clients are going to decide to come back based on how they're treated by your gas guy. Who's going to tell you if someone's stealing? Who's going to tell you when the lights need to be changed? We forget the importance of people. And we, and we have never done a good job in the U.S. on this side. I'm, well, I, I don't know too many countries that have maybe one or two. We need to really pay attention and say this is a serious segment of the business that we're not just going to talk about. We're going to put good practices around and we're going to fund it. So you're not talking about just recruiting, but you're talking about culture and retention and managing the people that are there already. Well, actually, I look at everything from the TA perspective, right, which is directly tied into how you get there. But you have to know your own culture. Really know, not fake, not what you want to be. And that's right. not easy. I mean, I'm the CEO of my own company, right? So I take a hard look at myself all the time whenever we go through an up or down in, in recruiting. So, you know, in recruiting our own staff. But when you want to retain people, there's a secret formula, right? So, I, we get we get paid good money to do this, but I'll give you the secret formula. Like okay, secret formula, ready. Secret formula, ready? You recruit them the same way that you train them and onboard them and you manage them the same. If you run an ad that says, we have a great place to work, everybody here is happy, we're great, you know, great based on New Jersey, top whatever. And then they come in and they're onboarded and the trainer complains or somebody in the class is out of line. None of that fits, right? Well, now I'm disillusioned. Now I come in and I'm working for a manager. It's like, who told you that? Who thinks it's a great place to work? This is an extreme. But this happens all the time. And it's not that simple. It's because organizations don't truly understand who they are. 
they're not articulating it well enough, then the rest of the team is not on board. So you need to say something like, we're an awful place to work. People will complain. And then people complain in the first class. And then the managers mean, and it's perfect because you're synergistic. Or, and we did this and it worked. We had a company that was a nine to five, sit in the chair, hit the phones. Everybody takes a break at the same time. And most of them smoke cigarettes. And this was just before the pandemic. So we took this as a challenge. Like, how do you staff that in today's market? Well, we looked for people that want to sit in the seat. You know, there are people who can only work under those circumstances. Right. And we started tracking them down by some of their cigarette habits, by the way, because we had technology that could do that. And it actually wow. worked. So as long as you, and, and who am I to judge? Look, as long as you're not morally disrupting or doing something relatable, I mean, we won't work with them yet. But I can tell you that there's organizations after organizations that are not necessarily kinder, friendlier, and welcoming. And there are people that fit that atmosphere that could never work in an organization that doesn't have a lot more structure. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Well, thank you, Christine. So our next segment, we're going to ask you for three pieces of advice, kind of three or one or two, and you don't have to have three, but pieces of advice succinct things that people can walk away from this third segment that we're about to do and say, oh, these are the three things that Christine said I need to do or the three things that she's learned that she's sharing with me. And thank you guests for joining us for another segment of the Black Letter Podcast. We'll be back with Christine Nicholas for segment three, where she gives you her three walkaway pieces of advice. Download us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Google Android Play Store, whatever you like. Uh, email us if you have questions or comments about the show, T. Dunlap at DBL Lawyers, and we will put an email link on the website along with links to Christine's article and more information about what her company does. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Black Letter Podcast. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.